here, sweetie. Come here. Get under the blankets with me. I want you to self-isolate with me. <laughs> Let's pull these blankets up around us. Nice and cozy. Mm, that's it. And let's just hold each other. Mm, that's it. Mm -hmm. Put your arms around me and feel my body pressed against yours. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes. my chest rising as yours rises. Breathe some more. Hmm. Hold me tight. I'm gonna squeeze you really tight. <laughs> so, kind of crazy times, huh? <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like this? I haven't. I don't think... I don't think anyone alive has experienced anything like this before. Until it doesn't feel tight in your chest anymore, okay? Feel your heartbeat in between each breath. And so let me guess, let me see if I, I can guess what you're thinking. See if I'm I've got magic telepathic powers. <laughs> You're probably thinking Okay, this virus thing is kinda scary. I mean a little bit, but you're not really that afraid of catching it. Because you you're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're being socially distant. <laughs> Washing your hands and you're, you're not touching your face. You can touch other parts of you, but you can't touch your face. <laughs> and you're, you're sneezing into your elbow and you're staying home. You know, so you, you kind of figure, okay, well, I'm probably not going to get this thing. Probably not. And you're right, you're probably not. But even if you do, you know, like 90 Eight percent of people who get it survive, and even though it's it's heartbreaking to think about the people who don't survive it, it's like the flu that happens every year. It's not something we usually have to think about, or um, that we see in the news. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean it. It hasn't been a part of our life all this time just didn't really pay attention. 
So we all kind of know that this is the this is the deal, right? We don't look forward to getting this, but we all kind of know. Even if you did, you'd probably be okay. Maybe you're worrying about your family members or, or somebody you care about, but that's probably not the main thing that's worrying you right now, is it? I'm, well, maybe I should just speak for myself, but see, I think you're like me, so I think I think that's why. <laughs> I think that's why I'm saying this. What worries me is what's, is what's happening because of the virus. A lot of things are kind of shocking that when you realize, um, kind of, you know, it, it seems like everything is so interconnected, and once one thing shuts down, everything else shuts down, and then. And then people don't have jobs anymore, or their hours are cut, and then you can't go and you can't get something like toilet paper. It's, it's not life-threatening, but it's a little crazy to walk into Walmart and see empty shelves not being restocked. It's kind of crazy. And then every five minutes on the news, there's something else from some world leader or other who's saying they're going to shut down the borders and cancel all the flights and arrest you if you leave your house and you know it it starts to feel a little bit like the walking dead right like, like <laughs> i know i joked about i joked about this on twitter but it kind of you know it starts to feel a little bit like that people having fist fights over over cereal and toilet paper and you know and all those, all those poor people working still, the retail workers and the fast food workers and the, and the, and the medical workers, and, you know, like, they're the ones that are sort of out there every day facing this and facing all the frustrated people and stuff. And so I think, I think what it is is that constant 24-7 news cycle of this huge, horrible virus, you know, and this company going out of business, and this company laying everybody off, and this is enough to make anybody feel scared and anxious. So, I'm going to give you a little bit of counterbalance to all this. Just some thoughts. I'm not going to blow sunshine up your ass. It's not that kind of audio. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. But I am going to give you some things to think about. Because I'm, I'm not a... Okay, look, I'm, I love hugs. I'm hugging you right now. Oh, hug and squeeze. I love hugs, I love kisses, I love comfort, but honestly, what really gets me through times is being able to to really think about the situation and come up with some rational solutions or options or ways to think about things. That's what really comforts me. So maybe it'll comfort you. That's what I hope for, because I really do. Comforted. So, here's a couple of things, okay? Okay. 
The world economy is not going to collapse over this. Okay? Part of the reason for that is the last time we had anything remotely like this, 2008, with the mortgage crisis, that was, that was a bit of a problem because <laughs> the banks, you know, the people who control all the money, <laughs> were, you know, in huge trouble. <laughs> they had no money anymore. It was a huge disaster, and, and the government had to come in and step in and bail them out, and that led to a lot of job losses and a lot of problems. People lost their homes, and, you know, it was a really, really bad time. It's taken us more than 10 years to climb out of that. Some people still haven't recovered fully from that. This is different. This is not a systemic problem. This is not a problem with the banks or the supply chains. This is a problem with this little strip of protein. This little DNA, little piece of DNA, or maybe it's a retrovirus, I don't know. It might be an RNA virus, I'm not sure. But it's a little piece of protein <laughs> that is just let loose on our <laughs> on our little completely unprepared immune systems. It's not a problem with our economy anymore, or our banks, or our companies, or anything like that. So, what I've heard people saying is things like, here's an analogy from the medical world. When someone has a heart attack, um, sometimes CPR and all the efforts that doctors and nurses go to to try to revive you aren't successful because your heart was diseased or your system is diseased. But if someone is out on the, on the golf course playing golf and they they swing that golf club in the air and it gets hit by lightning, you know, and <laughs> it's an actual sound effect. <laughs> and they just, they're out on the ground, like, you know, little burn marks on the ground, and their heart stopped. <laughs> Those people, usually, if someone can get to them and do CPR, they make an amazing recovery most of the time. Now, they're just as dead, okay? Their hearts have stopped. If someone doesn't come and revive them, they, they will probably stay dead, right? But if you can run over to them and start CPR, usually you can start their hearts again with no ill effects. They're usually fine. And that's because there's actually nothing wrong with them. It's just a short circuit from this overload of electricity, from the lightning strike. So... This is kind of the same thing. It's like we've been hit by lightning. And so as soon as this is resolved, and, you know, there are people, like, teams and teams and teams of people all around the world working day and night on this right now. They're even testing a vaccine right now. And they're working on antivirals, which is, um, they're medicines that kind of help you once you have the virus. Vaccines prevent it, and Antivirals kind of work on the reducing the, the effects of the virus once you have it. There are teams of people working on this already. So once this is contained, 
because we're hearing from China, the original part of the world where this outbreak was first noticed, they are reporting no new cases. So there's reason to hope that once this settles down, possibly even, I don't know, I can't say it, but who knows, maybe by the summer, maybe, everything should pick back up again. There is no, um, there's no reason to believe that any of these temporary uh, dislocations are going to be permanent. In fact, a lot of companies that are laying off their employees have made it clear they're going to hire them back as soon as they can. So it's not a situation where everybody's going to be out of work or anything like that. And in fact, some of the bigger companies are actually hiring more people right now. Which is kind of cool. They're doing what they can. They're staying open and they're paying more people, hiring more employees instead of shutting down. So that's kind of an optimistic thing, I think. It's kind of a good sign that, that um, we're going to get through this. So our recovery from this, both physically and economically, is um, looks very good. We don't know how long it's going to take, but it's, I think it's going to be okay. <sighs> what else was I going to say? I do have a lot of thoughts. I do have a lot of thoughts. Um, the, the, the things that scare people about some of the stuff that's been going on, like the lockdowns and, you know, so, which is such a scary word. In a sense, what you're seeing is just, the government knows at this point, all the governments know, that it's it's on them now. It's their job, basically, to keep the country from falling apart, <laughs> from, from too many people getting this, this virus. Not because it will, it will, it will um, really cause a lot of damage or a lot of deaths. It, it doesn't, but it's just that if, if everybody in the country gets it, then even if, even if the death rate is something really relatively low, like 1%, that's still an awful lot of people. And most, most um, health systems, most hospitals can't cope. Um, they don't have the supplies, as we've seen from Italy and stuff. They don't have the beds and they don't have the supplies. So the government realizes, okay, we really have to make sure that this infection doesn't spread. Not because it's extremely deadly. It isn't. But it's because we have no immunity to it. So anybody who gets exposed to it gets it. And so we can't let the entire country get this get this virus. So give me your, give me a hug, get closer. So it's almost like it's it's just like a practical thing. It's not a fear thing. It's not a walking dead thing. It's just you know, we only have so many beds and stuff, and so we just have to make sure that this doesn't get out of hand. We want to treat everybody. We want to give everybody the best chance they have to get better. And so we want to make sure prevention is, <laughs> you know, an ounce of prevention, as they say, right? We want to make sure this doesn't spread. So they have to do really draconian things, like say, okay, everybody get in your house and don't come out. <laughs> Um, it's not really scary if you think about it, and 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 really, I've been really surprised at how 
in a very odd way, this is kind of bringing the world together. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a silver lining, but I definitely want us to notice that the whole world is kind of, you know, mostly we got each other's backs. Like we're, we're complying, you know, we're getting it. People are staying inside. People are social distancing. People are, there's, there's a great one of those, some guy in Spain got up in his, his rooftop and he, he did an exercise class for all the people in the buildings around and you can see them all in their in their windows and their balconies all following doing the exercises with them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, that's that's a very creative solution, you know. And there are um people in Ireland that in one day, um, the the health executive there had fifty thousand volunteers, people signing up to sort of just help any way they could to go check on the elderly or deliver groceries or or just help out in hospitals or whatever they were, they were wherever they were needed. There have been incredible stories of just real human kindness and generosity and compassion. And everywhere I've been, people have just been, you know, thoughtful and and pleasant and helpful and and. The sense there's a sense that we're all in this together, and that is kind of amazing because up until now, everything you've heard in the news and everything you've heard in the social media for such a long time has always been about how divided we are, politically and ideologically, and, and on racial lines and religious lines, and it's just at this point, it's just on some level, it's kind of refreshing to see. No, we're all human and we're all in this together. So let's let's fight this and let's let's work together. So you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of impressed by that and a little bit bored by that. I kind of feel like I think we could actually flatten the curve, as they say, by doing by voluntarily doing all the things that that they're telling us to do. Pretty much, you know. We're all complying, and that's that's amazing. That is really amazing. So the other the other thing to keep in mind is that um, okay, so let's regroup. Okay, so let's let's recap. <laughs> there is going to be a recession after this. We know that. Okay, it's we can, it's unavoidable. But it's not going to be as bad as it was in 2008. The economists have piped in and said, no, it's not going to be as bad. The system is healthy, healthier than it has been in a long time. And so it's going to recover pretty quickly. So don't listen to the doom and gloom of people that say we're in for a depression. We're not. Um, so things will probably get back to normal pretty quickly because everyone is doing a great job. And we're probably going to have this completely beaten long before anybody suspects. That's what I think. So those are two good things. It's bringing us together, which is such a relief from all the things that have been trying to divide us for the last little while. So that's a good thing. And... <laughs> and... And there's a couple other things to think about. 
like I said about the living memory thing, there's not many of us that really remember or were old enough to remember what it was like in World War II. If there's anybody in your life who was around in World War II, you should probably talk to them and ask them about how they coped. Because some of the things that people had to go through in World War II and survived and were and were resilient about and not only survived, but then there was the baby boom <laughs> after World War II where everybody celebrated by bonking and <laughs> And having our grandparents and parents. Um, <laughs> um, but but really, like, if you can imagine, like, you've seen those pictures of people in London when uh, there was a, a bombing raid, like an air raid alert, and they had to go down into the, into the subway, into the tube, and they slept down there. And you see these pictures of just people lined up, like, like, shoulder to shoulder, sleeping on the subway uh, platform. Mothers with their children and, you know, just trying to make the best of this. And then when they would, when they would, you know, they, they would hear the bombs dropping overhead. Um, and then when they would finally in the morning or when it was all clear and they would emerge back up into the street, their house is gone. It's just rubble. You know, like, it's just, it's it's hard to imagine what that must have been like to live through that and to have to try to carry on and and feed yourself and feed your kids and, and find shelter and, and not succumb to fear and not succumb to this sense of, of fatalism, like, this is just all over, you know? Um, a lot of people sent their children away they sent them to, to Canada. I know that for sure. I don't know if they sent them to the U.S. I'm sure they did. But they, they figured their kids were safer overseas. So they sent them off on boats. And some of them never saw them again. Like, they were adopted by Canadian families. And that was it. Like, the, people are incredibly resilient. They are tough and and able to cope with things that... You know, later when you look back on it, it's just amazing the strength we have. So, I guess what I what I want to say to you is just trust, trust in yourself that you are just as resilient as those people in in the tube way back then. You know, you're just as strong, just as capable, just as resilient. And whatever is going on right now in your life that is uncertain or scary or, you know, the news is just driving you crazy, turn the news off. Don't read the news. Just don't. You don't need to know anything else. <laughs> if it's important enough, you'll find out about it, right? But I swear, the news, that all the news agencies and all the, you know, the pundits and everything, this is the most exciting thing that has happened to them ever, <laughs> like a huge thing for news outlets it's it's you know most most news outlets are constantly looking for content because they run 24 hours a day now you don't just report the news 6 and 11 like you like you used to back in the day it's 24 hours a day now so they have to come up with content all the time 
which is why, you know, it's considered news if one of the Kardashians changes her hair, you know. This is like pay dirt. This is great. Look at all the, how crazy they can go. I've seen some very misleading headlines and, you know, things saying, like, for example, will Air Canada go bankrupt? And that's important to me because I'm kind of stuck here for a little while. And I need to know if I can get back to my home in Ireland. And so I look at this and I think, uh-oh, I should read this, right? And that's exactly what they wanted me to do was read this. Because when you read through the whole stupid thing with all the ads and all the clickbait and everything, you find out in the last line of the story, it says, Oh, Air Canada's well capitalized. It'll it'll be able to handle this period of turbulence. So it's like, <sighs> gee, thanks. Like, just scare me to death for nothing, you jerk. You know, just get me to read your stupid article. Like, <laughs> you know, you hear these, like, really, really, I mean, really. Listen, listen to me, look at me, listen to me. If you see some crazy headline that is a question mark, don't read it. Don't read the, don't read the article. It's just, it's just put there to drive you crazy and make you read it, so don't read it not telling you anything. If the guy writing this stupid thing doesn't even know, <laughs> you don't need to read this article. That's what I'm saying to you, okay? <sighs> so, <laughs> what some people are doing during this time, too, um, if you're not going to work or working from home or hanging out or whatever it is that you're, you know, um, there are some really funny things people are doing online showing you what they do when they're bored and it's, some of it's really funny. I really, um, recommend you spend a little bit of time every day laughing because it is so good for you. It's so good for easing tension and, and, um, and like, use this time. If you have this time, use it for something. Do something you always wanted to do but never had the time to do. Like, learn guitar or learn yoga or, or paint something or clean out your car or, you know, just use it. Explore something you never explored before or, you know, like, try not to to see this as enforced isolation or something that's really bad that's happening because you can't change the reality of what's going on, but you can change how you cope with it. And it won't hurt you to cope with it in a more positive, lighthearted way. Right? It's not going to do you any harm to think positively and be proactive about your future, what you want, what you want to do, where you want to go when this is all over, you know? I think these things keep our spirits up and keep us from getting too depressed or too scared. Some people have said that they realize they hate their job. They don't want their job back. They're going to get a different job when this is over. Or they start working for themselves. They start looking for ways to be more self-sufficient. Or, you know, they think about moving to another place or, you know, it's, it can be kind of a, a reset button in a way without it becoming a walking dead. So those are just some 
some thoughts I had about that. But I'm not going to neglect the comfort part because it's important to you. So I want you to cuddle up really close to me because you did drift away. You did drift away there for a minute. Don't think I wasn't aware of that. I'm going to pull you back here, back here. Okay. So let's entwine our legs and just take deep breaths. of the people walking around in T-Rex costumes. It just kills me. They get these in <laughs> inflatable T-Rex costumes and they think that's a, like a hazmat suit. <laughs> so they, they go shopping and they walk their dog and they're just waddling along like a, like a T-Rex. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> so, <laughs> the little arms and everything. Can't move anywhere. Can't do anything. So, back to walking my fingers down your little T-Rex back here. Right down, down the small of your back. Back up a little walk over here. Massage muscles. My fingers down your skin. Lightheartedness and some jokes. 
<laughs> and some squeezes. <laughs> big squeeze. Oh, big squeeziness. Oh. Sometimes like these, I'm glad I'm squishy because I can really squish you. <laughs> so I want you to fall asleep here. So cozy, wrapped up in our blankets, protected from the world in our blanket fort. Just feeling good about everything. <laughs> Breaths. I said big breaths. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I swear I can't help it. <laughs> it's my default. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Big breaths. Breaths. <laughs> I have very big breaths. Do my big breaths. <laughs> okay, 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 enough silliness. Okay, it's time to sleep. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I feel kind of good now, do you? I hope so. Good night, sweetie.